Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you so much for joining us and letting us be part of your day. We have another busy show for you today. We're going to talk about trade, and especially with USMCA. We have some uh, trade issues with Canada and Mexico that we'll discuss with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation as our U.S. Trade Representative Ty gets ready to uh, work on some of these issues. We'll get a look into uh, those differences and possible solutions. And also today we are going to preview the Farm Progress Show back to an in-person event coming up on August 31st, September 1st and 2nd in Decatur, Illinois. We'll get an update on how planting has been going and other preparations for this big show as it returns, uh, has opens the gate for people to return to the show this year. We'll also be talking with uh, Blake Miller with Syngenta, and we'll talk about crop conditions in that Decatur area and throughout central Illinois. He's been out working with farmers, and we'll see how things have been going this early spring and some of the uh, things that uh, he is hearing and seeing as he works with farmers throughout the area. So that's coming up, our Farm Progress Show preview a little bit later on. But with a preview of things to watch in the news, we're joined now by Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, good to talk with you again. Good to talk to you. It's a beautiful sunny day in Washington, D.C., but the Congress isn't here now. They're, they're back home this week, but they'll be back next week. Meanwhile, we have a lot of proposals out there, spending proposals, tax proposals, uh, a 30 by 30 proposal that we, on all these, we don't have a lot of details on. We're still waiting. There are a lot of questions. We may soon hear more about this 30 by 30 proposal, which some say, critics say, is a land grab, but the administration certainly pushes back against that. Um, What do we know about this so far? Well, I think what we know about 30 by 30 is that the administration uh, is talking about conserving land, but that doesn't mean taking it out of production. Uh, Secretary Vilsack has said that this, this also means helping farmers on working land. Now, there's a report that they're going to announce something today, but uh, you know, we, it hasn't happened yet, so we will, we will have to say. But I think that you're in general right. We are at a moment where there have been lots of proposals on lots of things, but we're, uh, we're waiting for the details. Now, as I said, Congress comes back next week, and they'll be here through uh, until Memorial Day. And so I'm expecting there to be a lot of things going on in Washington in the next uh, uh, several weeks. You know, when you put out proposals, um, oftentimes they're lacking in details at first. Uh, Some of it is to gauge reaction to the general concept. You kind of run it up the flagpole and see what happens. Um, And also gives you kind of time then to work out those details and, and hear what some of the concerns are that are being raised. So it's a process, but... uh, it also opens the door for concerns and criticism and uh, red flags that some uh, groups may have. Uh, well, yes, and that's particularly true on the, on the Biden climate proposals at the Agriculture Department. Uh, now, the comment period on that program has ended. As I understand it, there are 2,700 comments. 
uh, I think that that we've kind of got three points here. The one point is what the administration is planning, which we don't really know yet, except that they do say that they have the power through the uh, Commodity Credit Corporation to create this climate bank. Uh, The second point I would say is uh, the idea of starting with pilot projects, which is what the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance proposed uh, uh, last week. And then the third point you'd have is from Senator Boozman, the the ranking member on the Senate Ag Committee, the Republican, and he says USDA can't use the CCC for for, uh, a climate bank without getting permission or uh, authorization from so I kind of think that's where we're at, but you know we need something solid to to know what we're going to be doing. That coalition of farm groups and conservation groups, uh, we've heard from them. They say they want some help, assistance, guidance from uh, USDA, but they don't want USDA or the government running the markets, and they don't want them interfering with uh, you know some of the programs that private companies, agribusinesses are already offering their customers. It's always a slippery slope to get government assistance without government interference. Well, indeed. Uh, And the the slipperiest part of that is, of course, if the government provides assistance and it doesn't work, then people complain that the taxpayer's money has been wasted. So you never really get government assistance without, without some rules. But here, I think the main issue is to to do thing to create confidence in those markets that land that that is supposedly being um, in which the carbon's being sequestered is really sequestered there, and that the that any kind of of carbon credits have legitimacy. Uh, so we'll have to see how they try to do that. Where are we on infrastructure? We of course have uh, the big bill that covers a lot of things that many don't consider infrastructure, but then there was a more targeted bill offered by Republicans that would be more of the traditional infrastructure uh, plans. Where does this stand? I think where we're at is that President Biden has said that he's willing to compromise on, on some of these infrastructure ideas. Uh, he's still holding out for uh, working with the Republicans. Now, some Democrats say, oh, that's never going to work. Let's just go ahead and do it. But so far, the White House is saying, uh, is saying they do want to do it and, uh, with the Republicans. And I think the goal is to get the infrastructure bill done this summer. So we still have some more negotiating, uh, negotiating time there. Uh, I think the biggest indications that we may uh, see on what the Biden administration is doing is if we have these confirmation hearings in the next couple of weeks on Robert Bonney to head the, uh, uh, the food, uh, food production and conservation section of USDA, um, maybe a, a Senate vote on the, on the um, uh, agriculture deputy secretary, uh, and a confirmation hearing on the general counsel, Janie Hipp. Going to be a busy summer for Congress, it sounds like. It will be, although they're still expect, they're still scheduled both houses to take August off. So I think it'll be a busy late May, June, and July. All right, a lot uh, a lot to look at here, and we're still waiting for details. As you said, we may get some more details today or soon on the thirty by thirty proposal. All right, Jerry, thanks a lot. Thanks for helping us keep up on all this. Appreciate it. Yep, next week should be very interesting. All right, we'll talk to you then. Thanks.
Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk trade with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. U.S. Trade Representative Ty says uh, the upcoming meeting with her Mexican and Canadian counterparts will be a friendly-sounding annual get-together, but uh, it's also expected uh, by many to be kind of a showdown, if you will, over some uh, tough issues that have um, crept up here in USMCA. USMCA didn't solve all problems. We have some issues with Mexico on uh, GMOs. We also have, of course, the ongoing dairy issue with Canada. We'll talk about that next. Stay with us on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. When it comes to the crops you plant, we know that you want to maximize the yield of each seed. In order to do that, you need every plant to emerge on the same day. The problem is, you don't know if this is actually happening. We understand what it's like to be in the cab at harvest, wondering why a field is yielding lower than expected, which is why we're offering you our free emergence flagging kit. Here's how it works. Go to precisionplanting.com forward slash free and request your free emergence flagging kit. We'll send you a kit that includes multiple colored flags, a seed digger, and instructions. The first day your plants start coming up, follow the kit instructions to flag the new emergers each day. You'll gain a much clearer picture of how consistently your plants are emerging. Get your free emergence flagging kit today at precisionplanting.com forward slash free. Don't wait. Kits are limited. That's precisionplanning.com forward slash free for your free emergence flagging kit. Did you know that biodiesel reduces carbon emissions by 74% on average? It's the best option available today for states and cities across America looking to immediately cut carbon emissions. It's an important contribution from America's farmers to meeting the nation's carbon reduction goals right now. That's why we say biodiesel is better, cleaner, now. Learn more by visiting bettercleanernow.com Brought to you by the National Biodiesel Board in partnership with soybean farmers and their checkoff program. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. 
Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. I think fair to say that in the early days of the Biden administration, we certainly talked much more about spending programs and tax programs and conservation programs, things like that, much more than we have trade so far. But we're about to start talking more about trade. There's been a lot of speculation, of course, about the relationship between the Biden administration and China. But uh, we're going to focus on USMCA. There's going to be a meeting soon, it looks like, between our trade representative, Catherine Tai, and her counterparts Mexico and, in Mexico and uh, Canada. Uh, our trade rep has already been meeting with the National Milk Producers and the Florida Fruit and Vegetable Association, the National Potato Council, and the Northwest Horticultural Council. And uh, it looks like there'll be meetings between her and several other ag groups in the days ahead. So all this pointing to these issues with Mexico and Canada, they were not all resolved with the signing of USMCA, as we've said before. Let's kind of sort through what are the issues of contention right now with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. And Dave, thank you for joining us. Let's start with Mexico. Uh, We just had the potato issue seemingly resolved, right? Uh, That was uh, a victory, it looked like, for U.S. potato growers. But uh, now we're back talking about GMOs. What's the issue there with Mexico? Yes, we are. As you you said in your uh, intro, yeah, we have a trade agreement. USMCA went into force uh, last summer, but, you know, issues continue even under a trade agreement. And with uh, GMOs, we're working on a couple of things. One is to try and get uh, approval. Um, That's still uh, not resolved to the point to our satisfaction, still very slow. So that's a part of discussions with the Mexican government. And then, of course, going forward, we have this Mexican decree from last December about trying to phase out the use of glyphosate uh, by 2024. Um, no one's quite sure exactly what that's going to mean, how that's going to affect imports, uh, especially of corn from the United States. Is that uh, only applying for direct food? Is uh, related corn uses? Is that going to apply to any kind of uh, for feed grains? Um, we're not really sure what that's going to mean, nor do we think it's based on science. We think that's based on politics, not a science-based decision. So. In that area, there's plenty for uh, our uh, trade representative and the Mexican representative to talk about. Huge issue because they are such a big customer, right? Especially for corn. Oh, yes. They're our uh, number one export market for corn. Uh, Maybe not right now with China buying so much, but historically they have been. And a continuing uh, growth market there, something our industry is uh, looking very much to continue and, and uh, make sure it's a good market for us for a long time to come. So that's a real important issue to get uh, to get sorted out. Then with Canada, it's the ongoing, and I stress ongoing, issue over dairy. Um, it was hoped USMCA would help resolve some of those issues, but um, they're not resolved yet. Um, Jim Mulhern, who was on with us this week, 
The president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation has said that Canada continues to misuse the quotas that it committed to under USMCA. Yes, there is still a continuing issue there uh, with them. If they have, you know, in USMCA, there was a whole set of tariff rate quotas. They had several hundred million dollars worth of exports from the U.S. into Canada. Canada's decided basically to distribute those to um, more of, let's say, Canadian interests, uh, not as committed to bringing in U.S. products. So there's a lot of discussion there. There's back and forth on that. Not sure if uh, the trade representative office is going to bring a formal case. They've been in consultation. That should, again, be a top issue uh, when this meeting of the three countries happens, we hope, soon. You know, issues with Canada go back a long, long time on this. I'll date myself, but I was was working for New York Farm Bureau back in the day when the first U.S.-Canada FDA was negotiated in the late 80s. And we talked a lot about uh, trying to get more U.S. dairy product into Canada then. So, uh, again, one of those long-term issues that uh, the U.S. government has to keep their eye on. Not only dairy issues with Canada, but some wheat issues as well. Yeah, there's always uh, an issue there of trying to get the uh, quality and the pricing set so that's a uh, good exchange we can uh, sell there. Um, that issue we thought was going to be resolved in USMCA. Again, that issue we have to keep our eye on. So we look ahead to this meeting between our U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai and her counterparts in Mexico and Canada. Probably don't expect resolution, uh, certainly, at that meeting, but uh, do you think that meeting will give us kind of an indication of the path forward on this? I think it will. This is uh, set up within the USMCA. This was a part of what they did to try to have better communication. They're going to have these meetings um, constantly. You know, it's really part of the process of implementing the trade agreement and enforcing it. And that's what uh, everybody's been on about these last many years. Spent a lot of time negotiating agreements. Of course, the effort it takes with the ones that are getting them through Congress So, you know, we want them enforced. We want them to actually work uh, so people have confidence. And we do trade agreements that are actually going to make a difference. So these uh, set-up meetings uh, on a schedule, basically on a schedule, uh, were included in USMCA so that we could head off issues, resolve them. Of course, there is a dispute settlement function. If things are just can't get resolved by uh, discussion, they may have to go to a formal proceeding. But hopefully some of these things can be dealt with. I guess depending on your views on trade deals, some would say, well, thankfully we have a trade deal because it gives us a dispute settlement process to work through. Uh, Critics of trade deals would say it's an excuse to stall things and drag it out even more. Well, some of these dispute settlement mechanisms do take time. If we think of the WTO and over time how long those proceedings went ahead. Um, I think the dispute settlement mechanism within USMCA can be much smoother and quicker. Um, only a few parties involved, and the issues should be able to be held in a more expeditious manner. But we haven't tested the new USMCA dispute settlement system yet. We think this uh, issue with Canada on dairy could be the case that sees how that uh, new mechanism actually works in practice. I think that's that's a key point. This is the first real test of USMCA, right? It really is from the dispute settlement side, yeah. And uh, if this goes forward, we'll know how it works. 
and um, we also may know if we need to go back and make some improvements to it. But we're everybody's looking at this very intently to see how this plays out. Meanwhile, with China, and I mentioned this earlier, every, you know, so many questions about what will the relationship be between the Biden administration and China. I think in agriculture right now, in the meantime, it's just, hey, they're buying and we're, we're happy to sell to them. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens later. But right now, so far, so good. So far, so good. What a difference a year can make. Uh, you know, we had started the phase one agreement that was, you know, signed back in uh, January of 2020, went into effect in February. As we thought, buying initially was slow. It really wasn't the time of year they usually buy. But as we got into late summer and through the fall and into this year, of course, it's really ramped up and has never quite met the goal in the agreement, but certainly got close to it uh, last year. And uh, you know, the expectations are they'll buy uh, more this year. Uh, so they're buying. They need to replace, obviously, corn stock, stock uh, to build up, buying soybeans, buying a lot of products from U.S., pork and beef, exports have improved, a whole variety of products. And when you look at it, you see, well, again, our uh, exports to them increased year over year from about $14 billion in 2019 to over $27 billion in 2020 and they're expected to be over 30 billion plus maybe 35 billion this year but China overall imports over 160 billion dollars annually in food and agriculture products so there's a lot of room to grow and you know we want to make sure the Biden administration uh keeps on with the phase one agreement uh make sure that uh, China lives up to its purchase commitments for the rest of 2021 and uh, going forward, what kind of a uh, future agreement we, can we have with them? And also the part of it we can't forget, China did commit and has implemented many standards improvements. A lot of issues related to beef and pork and poultry and other areas where we had a hard time getting product in. Well, they have made those improvements. Uh, we're having some increases across the board. And going forward, I think that will be increasingly important as we seek to expand and diversify what we sell to China. So an important uh, trade relationship. China's back to being our number one export destination for U.S. agriculture. Yeah, and we know it's a complicated relationship and, and uh, covers a lot more than just agriculture, but certainly almost all of it in one way or another does impact agriculture, so we watch it closely. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for the update. You bet. Take care. Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Up next, a preview of this year's Farm Progress Show. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Adams on Agriculture. Conversations with policymakers, the movers and shakers in the ag industry. The pros and cons of issues important to you, cutting through the spin to get to the heart of the topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you a guest important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture. Every Tuesday, we'll be sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS. Join us and learn how CHS creates the vital connections that empower agriculture, helping farmers and ranchers like you succeed. We'll hear from different voices from throughout the cooperative system. 
sharing stories about how good things happen when people work together. Join us around the table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. The key fundamental factors driving a peak market continues to be heavy global demand, extended dryness in Brazil's second crop corn regions, and early planting season uncertainty about the U.S. crop. The USDA release of a daily sales notice, they announced a total of 331,420 tons of corn sold to Mexico and unknown destinations, with a majority of that for the 2021 2022 marketing year. However, they also announced China canceled 140,000 tons of prior sales. Traders will start looking for the May WASDI report out next Wednesday. On the Board of Trade, September corn trading a penny higher at 632 and a fraction. The July contract up a fraction at 708 and three quarters. For soybeans, the July contract up 18 cents at 1560 and a fraction. The August contract up 16 and a fraction at 1507 and three quarters. For wheat, Chicago wheat July trading eight and a fraction lower at 7.36 and a half cent. Kansas City wheat July down three and a fraction at 7.13 and three quarters. Minneapolis spring wheat July down three cents at 7.79. The September contract down two and a half cent at 7.84 and a half cent. For livestock yesterday, we saw higher futures across the board. Today, hoping to see that price continue, we are seeing mostly lower contracts across the board this morning. June lean hogs trading 80 cents lower. Lower at 113.67. The August contract down 37 cents at 109.42. For feeders, the May contract down 47 at 131.02. The August contract down 45 at 144.77. For live cattle, the June contract up 67 at 115.12. The August contract up 22 cents at 117.95. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rawl. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. And in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. It's time for a Farm Progress Show preview brought to you by Syngenta. Of course, last year's Farm Progress Show was a virtual event because of the pandemic, but this year, as it returns to Decatur, Illinois, we look forward to an in-person event. 
The date's August 31st, September 1st and 2nd. Joining us now is Matt Youngman, Farm Progress Events Manager. Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, well, let's start with uh, with planting. Is it done, or how far along are they there at the show site in Decatur? Everything, good to be with you, Mike. Everything is in the ground. We are, um, you know, excited to have, that's, that's the first real physical activity, you know, in terms of producing the event. All the corn is in the ground, and I believe, I'm going to see it here in about, about a, you know, two weeks when I'm with you again. Uh, I'm going to see it in person there, but I believe most of it is already up. Uh, you know, they've been getting some pretty good rain through Decatur there, and, and everything looks to be in really good shape for the field demonstrations. We took the, the maturities down a little bit so that our July isn't quite so tense, watching heat units accumulate. So we are uh, ready for Farm Progress Show this year. Which is uh, quite a difference from a couple years ago there in Decatur when uh, it was a real struggle to get everything planted. Yeah, this spring has been a lot, you know, my, my blood pressure, I would say, has been a lot lower this spring than it has been the, the previous two. Because if you think back, the last time we were in Decatur in 2019, it was really a devil to get that corn in the ground. We fought it all the way through, and I, I don't think we got it planted until May 19th. So sitting here on, on May 6th, having a conversation with you with corn in the ground and most of it up, it's a lot better. And then you look back to spring of last year when you know everything was kind of coming apart uh it's a lot different now everything you know you you just constantly hear of new things opening up and chicago's going to open up and the cdc says that by july the the numbers are really going to be falling fast and so you know everything is pointing that coupled with the commodity prices you know you were we've got a mixture here for a pretty amazing Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, you know, all the all the events we do. We're talking with Matt Youngman, Farm Progress Events Manager, as we preview the Farm Progress Show coming up in Decatur, Illinois, August 31st, September 1st and 2nd. All right, how are you working with the health department, with the, the governor, uh, all the authorities uh, concerning having a, a huge in-person event like this with the changing... Uh, the guidelines and all the protocols that you have to deal with. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent question, and and it it ends up that you're in contact with a lot of people. I mean, I'm 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 in close contact with the Macon County Health Department, the Hall County Health Department out in Nebraska, uh, and and Springfield and Lincoln and and all the you know you you just kind of have to stay in tune and in touch with all the authorities that that might have some say over the way that we put an event together. And right now. You know, there are a lot of conversations going on in the background about what we may or may not have to do. And, you know, the, the best thing that we can do right now is to um, track all those things, but not necessarily come out and make a bunch of blanket statements and rules. Because the, the longer this goes, it just gets better and better and better in terms of having an event that looks very similar to 2019. Now, is it is it going to be exactly the same? No, you don't. You know, you don't kind of ever go back after you've uh, had a big disruptor like this happen. So, there will probably be a few things here and there, but I don't think that it's going to be disruptive. You know, you're you're not going to be requiring vaccinations or any of those kind of things to get in. It's it's going to be a lot less intrusive than, than something like that, that, you know, for some reason there's a rumor mill going around that you're going to have to have vaccinations to do some things, and, and that's just that's just not the case. 
I'm, I'm staying real close with, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as the folks in Nebraska that put on the state fair and the folks in Illinois that put on the state fair because they're going to put on their big show just a week of any week week or two ahead of the things that I'm doing. So we're all staying in pretty close contact uh, because you know we're we're both facing a lot of the same challenges right now and and we're both in the same boat where the longer we can sit here and just let this thing get better, the better off we are. So you have to stay flexible, but the plans, but you also have to make your plans as if it's because the way you're planning it is everything's going to take place. So you you've got plans going, but you're also monitoring all these other things as well. Yeah, the, you know the funny thing is we always go into the year, you know, with with a lot of unknowns of of what are the crops going to do, what the what the market going to do. You know, there's we've probably never faced a, a more broad potential than we have right now. You know, if, if you want to be a pessimist, you can say, oh, you know, COVID might have a big impact and, and nobody's going to want to come out and, and do things. And then if you want to be an optimist, you know, the, the it's kind of limitless on the other end with where commodity prices are and how everybody's been cooped up. They haven't seen any of this technology. You know, the technology train has continued in agriculture, but nobody's seen it in person. Nobody stood next to it and literally kicked the tires and asked the questions of of the professionals of all of the new things that have that have hit the industry since we were all together last, whether it's Commodity Classic or uh, Louisville of 2020 or even Farm Progress Show 2019 might be the last time that somebody actually got to experience these things in person. So, you know, the 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 potential is very broad in terms of this year's show, and 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 honestly, everything is looking up in terms of exhibitor count and folks coming out, the surveys that we've done, the growers are ready to get to these events. We're talking about the Farm Progress Show, our Farm Progress Show preview brought to you by Syngenta. Joining us now from Syngenta is Blake Miller. Blake, good to talk with you again. Uh, Matt told us that the uh, the plots are planted there at the Farm Progress Show site. A lot of planning has been done throughout uh, central Illinois. What are you seeing and hearing from farmers that you're working with here in this early growing season? Well, we're trying to, I thought we had Blake, maybe we don't. Hey, Mike, Mike, I'm sorry. There you are. Just okay, go ahead. There. Yeah, you, yeah. So, so Mike, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting uh situation in the area that I roam, so to speak. Eastern Illinois, you know, Champaign County hasn't had much water. Started out with bean planting early, working on corn. I I think they're pretty much, you know, high 90% completion with soybeans in that area and in the 70 range with corn. But as you come west of the river where I reside, we've had periodic rainfall and probably are uh, behind behind much much more than we want to be over here but uh otherwise i i think you know as equipped as the modern grower is today that we'll get this thing wrapped up if we can get an open window but uh really some some differences west to east that i really wanted to point out from that standpoint as far as planning progress um but all other operations seem to be uh working out rather well those that were able to plant early, then we had the cold snap. Uh, was there much replanting that had to be done? Much uh, Was there any damage uh, to any crops? Were they up enough to be damaged by some of the cold weather? 
I haven't seen a, a lot of frost damage or received many calls on that. Uh, I, I think the uh, question now is I just had a phone conversation from around Jacksonville where the beans have been well in over a month and, uh, you know, everything's progressing rather slowly based on the heat units that we received so far. Uh, there's been some consternation, Mike, around uh, the speed of kill with the uh, winter annuals, obviously. Uh, anything that translocates when the metabolic rate of the plant slows down, you, you get some you get some impairment or slowness to that st from that standpoint. But I really haven't heard of uh, any type of wide-scale uh, replant scenario. Wind has been a challenge this spring, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike, I was on uh, the phone earlier in the week with a good friend of mine that's in uh, retail there around the Decatur area and was, uh, yes, yes, he he was very frustrated. Obviously, that area east is uh, farther along and thinking about post-applications of herbicide. And uh, obviously, Saturday and Sunday were no-fly zones for herbicide applications. Wind, wind definitely has been a challenge as these fronts move in and out, and it seemingly we're in a, a, a bit of a pattern, if you will, right now. So that's absolutely been a challenge. What are some of the things that you're most working with producers right now? I think, Mike, the top of mind, forefront of my mind is obviously, and I know you're in the know, there, there are shortages of ag chemicals. And specifically when we think about coming into the postseason and we think about those new technologies and products associated with that on the soybean acre, um, you know, what we're focused on right now is ensuring that a good residual is used. And some points we're past that, right, Mike? I mean, depending on the progression. But then using an overlapping residual to really help extend the amount of these post-chemistries that are in short supply right now, uh, especially in our battle against water hemp. And you know there's multiple resistance out there in water hemp. So we're really trying to work through that. In, in really trying to focus on making sure that overlapping residual is applied because it could be the difference maker in herbicide performance and ultimately in yield. And then, you know, when we think about we want a zero return to the seed bank of these resistant species, especially water hemp. Yep. Let's take a break. We're talking with uh, Matt Youngman with Farm Progress and Blake Miller with Syngenta. It's our Farm Progress Preview, Farm Progress Show coming up, Decatur, Illinois, August 31st, September 1st and 2nd. And we're talking about preparations for the uh, Farm Progress Show and preparations and work going on for hopefully a good crop season. We'll continue with our Farm Progress Show Preview after this. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half 
don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. When it comes to the crops you plant, we know that you want to maximize the yield of each seed. In order to do that, you need every plant to emerge on the same day. The problem is, you don't know if this is actually happening. We understand what it's like to be in the cab at harvest, wondering why a field is yielding lower than expected, which is why we're offering you our free emergence flagging kit. Here's how it works. Go to precisionplanting.com forward slash free and request your free emergence flagging kit. We'll send you a kit that includes multiple colored flags, a seed digger, and instructions. The first day your plants start coming up, follow the kit instructions to flag the new emergers each day. You'll gain a much clearer picture of how consistently your plants are emerging. Get your free emergence flagging kit today at precisionplanning.com forward slash free. Don't wait. Kits are limited. That's precisionplanning.com forward slash free for your free emergence flagging kit. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Well, the date of April 27th had been circled on a lot of calendars for some time now. That was the day for the big Supreme Court hearing on the waiver issue for the renewable fuel standard. Well, we had an interesting session before the Supreme Court as justices had some hard questions, a hard line of questioning for both sides, both the refiners and the biofuels industry. Here to talk about it is Jeff Cooper, president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association. Jeff, what was your takeaway? There seemed to be a good understanding that the law is very clear that this exemption was meant to be temporary for small refiners, and the law does not allow EPA to extend exemptions that have lapsed. So, you can't extend something that doesn't exist, and there did seem to be a good recognition and appreciation of that argument. This program was, was always meant to funnel down the number of small refineries that are exempt from these requirements year by year. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. Step right up, then 
gaze upon this miraculous substance I hold in the palm of my hands. This little miracle can feed us, clothe us, give us clean, fresh water, and provide wildlife habitat for nature's critters. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the greatest soil Learn more about soil health principles that can turn your soil into a star performer. Contact your local USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how. This message brought to you by USDA and this radio station. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. This year's Farm Progress Show returns to Decatur, Illinois, August 31st, September 1st, and 2nd as an in-person event. Our Farm Progress Show preview brought to you by Syngenta. Our guest, Matt Youngman, Farm Progress Events Manager, and Blake Miller, Syngenta Agronomy Service Representative. All right, Matt, it's been a couple of years since we were at the show site in Decatur. Uh, will we see any changes this year? Yeah, you know, the it's it's been two years and it's been a really active two years since the last time we were there in indicator a lot of a lot of mergers a lot of changes a lot of exhibitors shuffling around um i i i would i would venture to say that this is probably as much moving around and shuffling of the deck that i've done with with the exhibit field map you know one of the challenges we have is to make sure that now the show is placed in two permanent locations that that the the farm progress show is fresh and new for everybody every time they come back and it certainly is with with a lot of mergers that are kind of taking hold now as well as a lot of new and new entrants into the exhibitor list and i would probably point specifically to a lot of those autonomous companies they're kind of crawling out of the woodwork they've been doing a lot of work and there's a lot of them that are now uh, ready to go to market so a lot of autonomy companies those are going to be present in the exhibit field and then also running out in those field demonstrations we're going to have a specific uh, we're going to call it the autonomous zone, where you're going to watch a lot of different players from that industry go out there and show off their their approach, and everybody's got a different one, their approach to uh, autonomy uh, working on folks' farms. So, yeah, it, it you know, uh, looking at a new building from at least one of the, the companies, and, yeah, a lot of changes to that show site. Any changes in your schedule for the for the three days of the show as far as the field events things like that or is it pretty much what we've seen in the past it, it's going to be it's going to be very much what you've seen in the past uh, you know we're we're excited about having the corn in in the ground and being being able to run a, a full set of demonstrations and and we do work hard to make sure that whether you come on tuesday or you come on thursday or you come any one of the days you're going to see the same show you know there isn't anything that is specific to one day over the other and and so that's that's kind of by design uh you know every day we're going to have the opening ceremonies every day we're going to have the field demonstrations with corn harvest at 11 and then tiling at noon and then tillage kicking off at one o'clock every day uh, you know so so a lot of activity Probably more than if, if you want to take it all in and experience it all, it all. It's it's certainly more than you can capture in one day. Um, I would probably add, you know, thanks to Syngenta for making this possible. We certainly appreciate that. And then, you know, one of one of the favorite activations that we have going on at the show is the 
the Syngenta Square, the beer garden that is is sponsored by Syngenta, that's that's certainly making a comeback for this year's show too. Well, Blake Miller, I know that the Farm Progress Show gives uh, all of you folks at Syngenta a chance to talk uh, with growers about what's been happening during the growing season. And who knows what the issues will be when we get there August 31st, September 1st, and 2nd. But we know for many, uh, there have been some challenges already this spring. But for others, uh, I've heard several say, hey, the ground has worked very well. This crop went in uh, pretty well and got a good stand already. So for not for all, but for, for many, especially uh, through a big part of uh, central Illinois, um, off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I can't count the uh, amount of times I've heard it work like a garden. So that's usually a pretty good uh, pretty good sentiment, Mike, from that standpoint. And then we'll see what challenges are ahead. A lot of uh, uh, moisture concerns uh, for going into the summer, but uh, there's always those issues that I know you deal with a lot, and that will be weed pressures. Yeah, absolutely. You know, top of mind for me, for that area, say, let's call it just for today, Decatur East, is have we had activating rainfall events for the residual herbicides applied? And then what's the go-forward plan? And and scouting is going to be pretty important as we monitor through that, Mike. Uh, Here west, you know, we've had ample rainfall. And the the uniqueness there, right, is we're, we're, we're monitoring water hemp germination and we know that based on 48 base 48 units when that'll occur and we want to stay ahead of that and manage these uh, weeds and produce maximum bushels i think for those that have those good stands and they're they're moving forward mike uh you know there's a lot of conversation about how to create uh, incremental bushels and they're thereby improving farm profitability and, and there's a lot of conversations and a, a lot of plans have been built out already that that already uh have fungicides and insecticides built into those plans so we're pretty excited about the thought process and the planning pro- process and the inclusion of that to maximize those bushels Yeah, and especially, as Matt said earlier, a lot of excitement about the grain prices being where they are now and everyone wanting to maximize those uh, to the fullest. So we'll have a lot to talk about. In fact, two weeks from today, we will meet at the show site in Decatur, Illinois, and uh, we'll discuss uh, more plans for this upcoming show and talk with you, Blake, about uh, the conditions that the farmers are dealing with at that time. So we'll look forward to that. Matt Youngman, uh, in the meantime... How can folks uh, keep up to date with plans for this year's Farm Progress Show? Best thing to do is to track that website, farmprogressshow.com or huskerharvestdays.com. Um, we are we're, we're just getting to that point where we're starting to create the show program content, and that's all going to be shared there. We've obviously got all the social media streams as well. You can you can keep track of us there. But uh, um, pretty excited, you know, getting ready to announce some some pretty fun activations and sponsorships that folks can look forward to. Um, you know, I've got a I've got a really interesting call coming up next that hopefully we can have a we can be able, we can talk about in two weeks uh, with with something something new coming to the market. 
Sounds good. So two weeks from today, we'll broadcast from the Farm Progress Show site and keep you updated. Our Farm Progress Show previews are brought to you by Syngenta. Our thanks to Matt Youngman, Farm Progress Events Manager, and Blake Miller, Syngenta Agronomy Service Representative. That wraps it up for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you'll be with us again tomorrow right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.